Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I just said bonjour, and Frances lifted her head as if I finally spoke a language she understands. <laughs> oh, well, she does understand that. Yeah. Ah, oui, French. Oh, finally. No, it, Aster's been teaching her. Oh. Aster, as you know, comes from Tortola mm-hmm. and speaks French. Right. Before that, I was going to ask, do you think some people who have the last name Miller, because you know how like some people have, you know, some last names come directly from what their what their vocation was. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, Miller comes from like families that own mills and things. Yeah. But do you think some people have that last name because they just walked around town a lot? Just milling around. Just milling? Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. I got that thought because the dogs were just walking around, milling. Yeah. Well, I dated a guy named Dick Wanderer. What? <laughs> you did not. No, I didn't. <laughs> but I did go on a date once with a guy called Chris Romance, for real. Oh, my God. Where's I dated that? a guy with the last Is name Darling. Name? You also dated a guy with the last name Fuckner. I did really date a guy with the last name Fuckner. Mm-hmm. I dated a, guy, a lot of last name guys. <laughs> oh, welcome to Nameless Best Friends and a Couple of Dogs. I'm Paige. <laughs> I'm Beth. And, and there are Fran- three dogs. And Francis and Tara and Aster are milling around today. Yes, ma'am. Welcome to Palm Springs. Yep, they're just moving round and round, aren't they? Yeah, they love that we do a podcast now. They think it's about them because they don't listen. (laughs) They never did. No. no Um, So, hey, what's the name of the movie we're doing? Oh, God. Christmas on Cherry Lane. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the one we're doing. Sorry. You 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 didn't get my round and round joke then. Oh, (laughs) 
Oh, was so clever. <clears throat> yeah. You did um, request that we do the one you liked. Yeah. But you apparently refused. Yes, because you know what? That has mm. to be the cherry on the end of the stick. Nope. <laughs> to be the carrot on the end of the stick. No, that was quite a visual, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get it? <laughs> we have to do them in order because we did Merry Thanksgiving things. Merry Thanksgiving weekend so completely out of order. And I mean, we just ha- we have to do this one first and then we can do the, the one that's the, the treat and the treasure after that. You it were was... inconsolable at the end of this one. I have pictures of you with your head in your hands. <laughs> and I vaguely remember that. Yeah, videos of you just caterwauling from the other room in distress. <laughs> Did you come up with a name for this one? All I was thinking, every time I see it, I see Christmas on Cherry Tree Lane, which was Mary Poppins, Cherry Tree Lane. Mm. So where's a flying nanny when you need one? <laughs> That's my title. What's yours? <laughs> Inception 2, Peppermint Twist. Oh. That's good. That's good. Did you get that from my candle that's called Peppermint Twist? Can I have a little credit there? Uh, I did. I didn't, but mm. sure, you can have it? some credit. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. I think we know that I'm never going to be the one that's good with the titles, and you're always going to be the one that's great with the titles, and that's why you insist that we continue to do that. No, it's just the format. It's just it's the format. Just, it's just the format. It's the it's way God the wrote format. it. It's just the format, and there's no and you know there's no way to change it now. Uh huh. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> okay, so what the hell is this movie about? I know we're not going to get any clearer from you describing it or by talking about it, but go right ahead. Okay. Well, Hallmark describes this thusly: a young couple pre- preparing to welcome their first child an empty nester and her fiancé ready to start a new chapter, and a couple who unexpectedly have the chance to expand their family on Christmas Eve celebrate the holiday as they navigate these turning points in their lives. Wow, was that the elevator pitch? Give me more! Also, are they just skipping an entire couple? No. Okay. Are you thinking of the couple who unexpectedly have the chance to expand their family on Christmas Eve? No, I'm thinking of the good witch couple. Or the... It's, she's an empty nester and her fiancé oh, ready oh, okay. to start a new chapter. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, everybody's accounted for in some weird and vague way. Not to worry. <laughs> okay. The people, the one that says they have a chance to expand their family just sounds like a couple who might get a room alone, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that is not the case. We open this movie. Oh, I'm looking at round and round notes. I just can't stop thinking about that movie. I don't blame. I mean, that movie's fantastic, and I can't wait to get to that movie. But oh. anyway, we open uh, this movie with. It's almost tempting to to structure the way we describe the movie with the twist because I did not see what was coming. Uh uh-uh. Coming. Okay. So we start with the couple who is there. She's pregnant. Very pregnant, two very weeks pregnant. away from being due, and they are surrounded by boxes. What's as a better if they've time just to moved move? in? <laughs> well, and it's they're they've just moved in, but the boxes appear to entirely be um, wreaths and lights and Christmas decorations. It doesn't yeah. seem to be housewares, but that does the implication is they've just moved in. They've got a ton to do, and oh boy, I'll say. Yeah. You know, like that is crazy that they're prioritizing Christmas decorations 
over, oh, we'll have to find the crib. I mean, when you're two weeks from your <laughs> yeah, due like, date. Where, where is that thing? <laughs> and yeah. Like, they've got the Christmas lights out. Exactly. And and a crib box would be pretty big, I think. But um, yeah, you were due. Well, you were late. Well, but you I, were born. Just in case anybody doesn't know, my, my birthday is coming up. So. December 14th. You were born 11 days before Christmas. And you better believe I had everything in order so that I would not have to be exhausted and disoriented and trying to Christmas dinner. Find a spoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Crazy. And they are they are hosting Christmas dinner, aren't they? Well, so their their family shows up unexpectedly. But the, oh, so one that's thing that right. They, they were excited about being alone, and then right. So one thing that they mentioned is that their parents helped with the down payment. Right. And uh, they they were, but they were saying that well, they're definitely going to bring that up at dinner. So they did know that they were going to see their family, and then. Pretty early on, they realize. Uh, pretty early on, their parents, her parents, show up unexpectedly, and they're just like, "Well, we showed up, and and your brother's coming, and your sister couldn't show up because her flight didn't." And which was absolutely insane. I mean, any any family members who show up uninvited like that, I mean, it would just be, an, you know, spoiler alert: that is not resolved at the end. No one's ever like, "Hey, this was super inappropriate." <laughs> no one no. ever says by the end like. This was insane. You should not have done this. Exactly. From my recollection, although by the end I was my brain was trying to do so much math, I just couldn't. But anyway, um, <sighs> they're very afraid that their mom is gonna that her mom is gonna bring up the fact that they don't seem ready for the baby. And I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want her to call it the elephant in the room. <laughs> yep. But um, and yeah, and then we meet the next uh, like people because this is an ensemble story. So we meet. Mm-hmm. The next person who is the person that Hallmark describes as the empty nester. Mm-hmm. And I we watched the scene twice and I couldn't figure out what her deal is. She was just pulling things out of boxes like these characters love to do. It's like the SVU trope of like people just like loading things into the back of it like a pallet truck or something. It's like yes. polishing glasses. Like people are always just like you know busy work. It, busy work. Yeah. They're always like in like if some you're playing room, a bartender. Yeah. In a scene where you don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're always like in a room dedicated to storage that is like completely not very, that's very uh, like, that's not packed to the brim, but mm-hmm. very <laughs> gently packed. Yes. And they're always, they're always removing something and just idly talking about something that I cannot for the life of me focus on. Yes. So I don't know what the hell she was talking about. She was talking to her sister, I guess. And yeah. then, so I don't know what, what she was talking about. And then we Her meet- name is Regina, by the way, so we can try and keep things straight. She was She's Regina. Regina. I, I'm blanking on her sister's name. Did we know it or was she just the nameless, nameless sister? sister? Okay. And then we meet. Uh, someone who we we eventually realize is her daughter, who's like a an older teenager or like a young a young adult, and she gets out of a car and seems wasted, <laughs> and she but she's not, but she gets out of a car seeming trashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's with someone we thought was her boyfriend mm-hmm. because they were super flirting, <laughs> yeah, but it's her brother. It's weird, and she she gets out of the, out of the car singing, and I thought it was a joke, mm-hmm. but she wants to be a singer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's like flirting with this guy. And I thought it was like her new boyfriend. And I thought he was going to turn out to be a dirtbag, but it turned out to be her brother. Yeah, actually that um, I was confused by that because in the first segment, when um, the young couple was in the house full of Christmas boxes uh, and her parents were coming, he said something about, 
oh, and your mother's going to be, you know, she's definitely going to mention that your sister did, you know, married somebody who's doing better than I am. Yeah. Who's with a lawyer. Yeah. So, so like I did we think, that- I did wonder, okay, they drew, drove up in this beater car. Is he just a quirky, you know, very successful young guy? Yeah. Eccentric lawyer. I who, thought like, that she might be the sister. Is he because- Saul Goodman? Yeah. 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 So I was really, I was already confused then at this point. Yeah. We thought maybe this was the sister. Uh huh. Um, but no. And then we meet the last, uh, like set of people that were mm-hmm. that were because I mean yeah oh and well and did we meet James Denton by this point I don't remember but I anyway. think so they probably I remember him coming in and taking off his coat and it being established that he's not dad he's he's her yeah because uh, Regina because Regina has a boyfriend and it's James Denton who was yes. on real uh not real they, housewives desperate housewives and no who yes is yes. on and who is on um the good, good witch, witch with witch, Catherine Bell who played who Regina. Yeah. So this was this was I mean for I was a huge fan of Good Witch until the terrible terrible ending <laughs> G- really gave Lost a, a run for its money and uh, I really liked them as a couple so much and so it was fun to see them together they have a nice easy chemistry I didn't um, I was really confused I think of all the storylines that confused me that one was the most and it might be because at this point. I don't know that <laughs> I don't think I ever really got engaged with them, but at this point, no, it, I felt so very much like I don't care what about her adult children, you know. God, no, they were coming so, in, and, and especially because they were flirting, and so God knows what was going on with them with their like <laughs> Marsha and Greg Brady relationship. No, and it really <laughs> and it really continued to be puzzling, though. I thought they might be just a young married couple, and you know, like. Everything could have could have added up toward that, you know. I I, I call her I call her mom too. She's my yeah. wife's mom, but you know that all that kind of stuff. I mean, he didn't say that. I'm just saying it could have been a situation it like that. Like it could have been that. Yeah. So they were. So whether at that point we didn't know, but brother and sister, young married couple, and she's the daughter. Who gives a shit? There, <laughs> they were all concerned that the mom wanted to sell the house. Which is way too to big Florida. for one or two people, and moved to Florida, which is a different thing. But um, worthy concern, but <laughs> a worthy concern. But I don't know that. Um, yeah, I really didn't even have a sense of where this this where they were going from. Like, were they just a was it an East Coast couple going down to Florida, as is not only the cliche but very often the truth. For yeah. a while, I wanted that to be me, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I wasn't really. They're so mad. They're just like they're like. My God, we can't let mom go to Florida. We can't let mom retire and go with her new, with her, with her. Oh, because they've announced they're engaged. She's like, we can't let mom go with her fiance down to Florida. Like, uh, that would be so fucked up. And it's like, <laughs> why? Like, what? <laughs> cares like let like mom go it's like a two-hour flight from anywhere on the east coast yeah it exactly. doesn't matter it's 150 dollars on southwest you'll be fine you codependent nightmare let her go exactly exactly <laughs> so, so and and it was and not only was it a, a non-problem basically a non-problem but it was also a, a cliche non-problem i feel like yeah. we've seen it a lot so they i was i was like okay bossy, what bossy, how is this gonna get interesting children. Right. And then I'm trying to figure out how do they fit in is somehow Catherine Bell, the sister of, I think, I think the girl in the first scene was Erin Cahill. I think we looked that up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to know that because she's Na- done a million. Person. 
Yeah. But she's not. I think she's really famous on Hallmark. I've definitely seen her before. Um, yeah. I just had her confused with somebody else. So I was so, picturing someone else. So then we then we go on to our third we, couple. Then we meet. Well, I wouldn't even say third couple because it's like third situation. Situation. Because, because it's it's really – the second set is really more about the family. So then we, we – but the third set is a couple and they mm-hmm. are definitely – the best part of this movie. Oh they God, are yes. absolute show stealers. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Bennett, and I don't know the other actor's name, but Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls, Aaron, mm-hmm. his hair falls just so. Um, oh mm-hmm. my God. They're so great. And this whole movie could have been just their plot and I would have mm-hmm. been absolutely there for it. Mm-hmm. 100% trim all the other fat. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I could have watched, I could have watched Jonathan Bennett be annoyed with, <laughs> okay, so. Everything and everything. everyone. <laughs> I just want reaction shot gifts for, I think Daniel Levy got his, yeah, his, um, I don't know. Stick? Yeah, I can't, I don't think Jonathan, I think, I I think if, uh, it's not a chicken and egg, I think Jonathan Bennett came first. And he was (laughs) really, really good with the reactions, but it was very reminiscent of David, um. On Schitt's Creek. Yeah, what was their last name? Rose, David Rose. Yes, yeah. Um, so, Basically, so we we meet this couple, uh, and I can't remember their names now, but uh, we meet their this couple, and they are their house is being renovated, their kitchen is being renovated, mm-hmm. and they run a restaurant. They they run restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> they run a restaurant, restaurant, and their kitchen is being renovated, and they're hosting this huge. Uh, they're hosting this huge uh, Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. and they need this. They need this kitchen to be done by dinner time. And they have this turkey they to have, cook and everything. They have and 12 they, hours when yeah, that is and first they have, established. And they have this foreman who shows up and he's just like, and Jonathan Bennett is like, um, excuse me, what are you doing dropping off cookies? You need to be working on my kitchen. What is going on? Right. And it's hilarious. And he's absolutely hysterical. And I, oh my God. I mean, I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. It was absolutely hilarious. The foreman was delightful and funny. He was and delightful. Really enjoyable. Great so. lines. There, mm-hmm. I don't, it felt like someone else wrote that entire storyline they might have done you know and so one thing that their little quirk is that every time that they get stressed every time jonathan bennett gets stressed his husband sings a christmas carol and then the two Mm -hmm. of them like try to stay sane which did get extremely old by the third time they tried to do it but it was very funny at first it reached a point yeah but uh, it reached a point point where where suddenly i I wanted to strangle him yes but it, but up until that point, I too had found it soothing. He did have a lovely voice. He did. Without being overwrought, you know? So, uh, and it was funny. It would have been particularly funny if it were a summer scene. Yes. It was <laughs> but the, that was the implication. It wasn't just a Christmas thing for them. So that was, they, they really, somehow they packed a whole lot of believable history and connection between those two. Yeah. So kudos. Too bad we don't remember their names at all. I know. But so the thing was is that they they had great chemistry. They're the only ones that seemed to like each other out of this whole entire movie. Well, that's not true. Catherine Bell and James Denton clearly have a very comfortable chemistry. But we didn't really explore that a bit because it was more about the – that's what kids I'm saying. being pissed off. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. It felt like there's that the the empty nester storyline felt like it was entirely about the bratty, creepy incest children, and instead <laughs> didn't spend any time with the people you liked. But like, yeah. So I mean, as far as the couples, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But so they were hilarious. They were hilarious, and John- Jonathan Bennett was just c- increasingly furious. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an info dump because the thing is, is that yeah, like 
like similarly to Love Actually, this was following a lot of people at the same time. But the problem was it didn't have a lot of interwoven storylines. But at this point, uh, we everyone is standing outside on their front stoop because, oh, well, I guess this is about when uh, we find out that, yes, Empty Nest Good Witch Regina is moving to Florida. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pretty much <laughs> young people announce that they're pregnant. Older people announce they're moving to Florida. Uh-huh. Those are the things that are that people are allowed to announce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the pregnant couple is getting out, stepping outside to get some fresh air because they are getting some a break from their family. Because yes, the sister did manage to get home. The sister did manage to get there, even though their flight was canceled. She was mm-hmm. she was like, "I thought your flight was canceled. How did you get here?" And she goes, "I have my ways. How? How? Yeah. <laughs> How?" But anyway, they're stepping outside to get some fresh air. And the couple we like have just found out that the foster child that they've been trying to adopt a foster child. They have just found out that their application has been approved. Their application has been approved and that there is a child who was supposed to be adopted that day, but their situation fell through. So that little girl, Tina is actually theirs if they want her and if they're able to adopt her. And so she'll be arriving later that afternoon if they're able to take her. And, it's hilarious because they're like, she, she's like, are you going to be able, is your house sta- safe and stable? And it's like crashing sh- sounds and they shut the door and they're like, mm-hmm, absolutely. And uh, because the kitchen is being renovated. So everyone's standing out on the front porch. And <laughs> this was very funny because Beth is like, wait, all the houses are number seven. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? And I was taking pictures of it for the Instagram carousel. <laughs> I'm like, these fucking morons at Hallmark. And we're the we're the morons. Yeah. But with that says more about the fact that we have so little faith in Hallmark. <laughs> well, yeah. Unfortunately. Okay, the point that you're getting at, for anybody who didn't watch it. Yes. Is that, that this is three couples in three different time periods, 1973, 1999, 2023. Yes. None All of which in the same house, different time All period. in the same house. And what chain- changes primarily, the only thing that changes is the numbering out front the yeah. the 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 seven <laughs> yeah sometimes it's spelled out sometimes it says no seven for me it wasn't like the the a big oh my god i mean it kind of was but in a way like i'm going to repeat something you've heard me say a lot but um alfred hitchcock once was talking about i think it was a scene in north by northwest and he said, when you want to have a bomb scene, for example, mm-hmm. or a big uh, big reveal or a big scene, he used a bomb. You can have people sitting there having lunch and all of a sudden a bomb blows up in the cafeteria or the restaurant and, oh my God, it's a shock. But you could also, and what he did was show the bomb under the table. Mm-hmm. Show it. Then show the people sitting at the table having a completely benign conversation. Absolutely. And raise that tension. And that's what they could have done. So I wish, like, even in the first scene, they were in a very old-fashioned kitchen. Now, we found out it's 1973. But that also looked like every single place in Silver Lake, which is where I live. (laughs) She makes a comment about how this kitchen belongs in a museum and that really threw me. And I think that, that they were trying to do that, but it didn't work. They shouldn't have because it, was it contemporary looked exactly 1973. It absolutely didn't look very outdated. No. I mean, especially since it was yellow. There are 
there are colors of an era. Like if it had been 50s, it would have been like mint green and pink. And anyway, so if they had had a distinctive stained glass window or something that I started to, as a viewer, say, hey, wait a minute, that's the same window as in the other house. You know, mm-hmm. of course, I probably still would have been, these idiots, couldn't they get a better yeah. set? But by the time I noticed that all the houses said number seven, I, that might have been like, I might have gotten to feel smart, which is what viewers and readers love. We love to figure yeah. things out as we go along and not yeah. just have them thrown at us like we're morons. And that's what this was. This was just thrown at us like we were morons. Yeah. And it just made me feel disoriented. And then it lost pacing for me because I was just like, oh, so wait, nothing is immediate all of a sudden. 100%. Because then it cut to the commercial break. One thing I've noticed about commercial breaks in Hallmark is that there are no commercials for the first 20 minutes. Yes. And then for the last uh, 50 minutes, there are half an hour of commercials. Yes. It's insane. Yeah. So it, yeah. So when it came back in, I was suddenly like, oh, so wait. There are, this is when it just got insane because now that the spoiler is is over, I'll just say there is about to be, okay, you know what? Okay. 1978 is when it started. Was that it? 73. Okay. Uh, so not 1802. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not everyone right. should be dead by now. <laughs> right. Right. So right. there's a character who's in all three timelines or all three eras. And she looks pretty much the same. Yes. Uh, as you, you might. You know, this woman was like in college in one, and then she just like, you know, looks. Well, sort of- well, she is Daisy. She's the next door neighbor. Daisy, so, yeah. yeah. And she's beautiful. In the first, in the, in the early one, she is at her parents' house next door. So yeah. it's established that this is probably the house she grew up in and then carry on. Yeah, then, then yeah. of course. And she's like young, beautiful, and in college. And then in the in the 90s, She's like, you know, middle-aged and whatever. And then in the con- contemporary era, she's just like, not decrepit and dying, but she's just like an older woman. And she's just sort of like, uh, you know, she's she's got gray hair. I but thought they aged her fairly well. I thought they, they didn't well. do yeah, a yeah, terrible she job just on seemed that. Like a, yeah, she seemed like a, yeah, she just seemed vital and, you know, whatever. Um, it's Very refreshing that yeah. not everybody was dead. <laughs> Precisely. But then... Yeah, well, and then they get to the sister who just, yeah, it's been 24 years, so she needed gray hair? No. So anyway, yeah. but um, <laughs> but that, yeah, but that's the thing is that, but like, so yeah, you, then you've got some of these other characters who are played by completely different actors, yeah. and it makes no sense, no. and that just felt like it was all for that reveal, and it wasn't worth it, like the Hitchcock thing, where it's just like, it's actually worth it to bring us in on the joke, yes. or bring us in on the reveal, to not have us be completely bewildered by what happened. Like it's not, it's not worth the reveal, you know, yeah. like it, that, that one, we come in, we come upon this and come across this a lot in writing where it's just like, you know, I'm sorry, like kill the darling. Like that one great line that you don't want to lose. Isn't worth it. You don't, yes. you can't sacrifice good writing for one moment. Yep. And it happens all the time. I come across it all the time when I'm trying to come up with something and I'm just like, well, I've got this really great like (gasps) moment. And it's just like, yeah, but you know what? You're going to sacrifice 400 pages worth of really great, you know, story. Otherwise, like it's just not worth it. Anyway, um, so my next note is these meddling adult children are so stupid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then (laughs) my other note is, that Beth just remarked on the silent child <laughs> that this is the kind of child she likes in these movies. 
you just said, see, this is the kind of child I like in these movies. And I just said the silent one. <laughs> Because the okay, no it lines. wasn't just that. They just they asked him if he wanted to go do something. I don't know. And he it was Christmas and he smiled and nodded. And it wasn't just that he was quiet. It was just like he was cheerful and not sullen, as I told you at the time. <laughs> it wasn't just because he was silent, my child. <laughs> I have loved children who were so loud that we had to take her to the doctor and have her ears checked. Yes, well, I have only one daughter. As you mentioned, as you mentioned in the car yesterday, when you said you were talking really loud. And then I lowered my voice, I thought. No, and you, you said, said you're- I know! <laughs> How's this? <laughs> and then you said, you're still talking really loud. <laughs> yeah, it didn't end. Yeah. I don't, I, I think you should have your ears checked. <laughs> I know. And then when, whenever we, especially when we were doing the podcast with Jack as the producer and whenever we have to test the levels, I'm, I'm the bar. <laughs> right. Okay, Paige, laugh. <laughs> oh my um, god but so yeah so i mean in and out we weave of these plot lines which are not in the same way that love actually like which uh oh fun announcement uh since hallmark isn't doing any christmas movies on christmas we will be so for all listeners not just for patreon we're going to be doing love actually mm-hmm. and the holiday and one more surprise one yes so uh anyway back to uh scheduled um uh, content. So speaking of love, actually, uh, yeah, love actually had, you know, this person is the sister of this person is the friend of this person is, you know, they're connected all these ways. So everything felt like it was constantly rolling into itself. This was just so much labor. <laughs> this was oh just like, uh, who is, wh- and is this person, this person, even though they look nothing alike, I'm so well, confused. Okay. And, and that in particular was Aaron Cahill was supposed to be a young um, uh, Catherine Bell. So Aaron Cahill, we looked it up, is 43 years old. The pregnant girl was old. supposed to be the empty nester. Yeah, but yes, I think Hallmark people will know their names better than we do. Yeah, but, but I don't know that everybody listens to this. The people who listen to this don't even watch the movies. So I think yeah, so we don't have matter. any idea. We but let me just tell you, Aaron person and the, and the empty nester. Aaron Cahill is a famous actress on Hallmark in particular. She is 43 years old. Catherine Bell was on JAG and then likewise famous Hallmark actress who is 54 years old. They are 11 years apart. And yet Aaron Cahill was supposed to be playing Catherine Bell 26 years ago. So that was, uh, uh, that was a lie. That was an outright lie told by the, the, the producers and they have- the writers, the whatever, because there, there's no way that we would have guessed you know what I mean? Like when you're when you're going along, and you're trying to figure out who's who and what's the relationship. Especially once you figured out, oh, it's, I see, it's always number seven, Cherry Lane. This is three eras. Who's who? I this is the problem with this movie for me. I never figured out in any meaningful or interesting way who was who. And the couple I was most interested in, which was Jonathan Benef- Bennett and. We should look up his name. At the end, with the foster child coming in, didn't really have any connection to anyone, did they? Oh, well, they maybe they did. Yes, they did. Yeah, but, they, but mean, yeah, them, them, them also just making them look so different from each other. Like the person who was supposed to play the person. I mean, it was just crazy. I, it's just like I can't wait to look like you know, 
Julie Andrews in a decade or two. Yeah, exactly. In 11 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I oh, my God. I can't wait to look like Kate Blanchett. Like, that'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, they acknowledged that one thing that was bothering me was that they specifically said that Jonathan Bennett owns a restaurant. And I was like, okay, well, you need to cook dinner. Go cook at the restaurant. So they did acknowledge that. Yes. Um, and then that's when Daisy showed up to help out. And I was just like, oh, my God, this woman is so soothing. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to help set up the room for the child that's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny because uh, it. I, I was wondering why this woman was going to Florida. The fact that it was 1999, I was like, okay, that does make a little bit more sense. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny, though, because they did describe it as being – they were like, but Cherry Lane is the most magical place in the world. I'm like, well, also Florida <laughs> – famously has Disney World, which is described as the most magical place on Earth. Yeah. So it just seemed like funny writing, but they didn't like make a joke out of it. So um, it seemed like so a we had wasted to. opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is when the strangest and horniest scene in this movie happens, which is when the <laughs> brother and sister Ew. are sensuously preparing the turkey. She's just... Oh, God, that was so funny. She's got... Did you put that on the... Yeah, I, I filmed it. God, what, is, what is it called when you're – I was going to say basting, but is that what it's called when you're brushing the – Yeah, basting. basting. Is, they're basting okay. there, but they're prepping she's, the – She's <laughs> gently basting the turkey with the brush, and then he's grinding with the pepper grinder, but he's like <laughs> – How do you even describe this? He's, he's, I know it's a, it's a move that – yeah, he's he's like to me he's grinding the pepper and then starts shaking it right next. To he's her. grinding it slowly and methodically, like if you imagine the shaft of the pepper <laughs> grinder, and you have one of your hands grasping the top and one on the bottom, and then you gently maneuver your hands uh, to rub in opposite directions. And then he did that for a little while and then just with one hand shook it gently, which you do not do with a pepper grinder. Oh my God, grinder. It's a it's very, very meta. Oh my god. Okay. I see what's happening now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping get up to 60 percent off during burrow's memorial day sale at burrow.com slash acast that's burrow.com slash acast Burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, my God. So that yeah. was the... Um, <laughs> Man, that was... That was that was a lot. So that was a heartwarming family scene. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> heartwarming. Uh, so then... Uh, oh, my God. So then the... 
Yeah. So then uh, in the next scene, the oh, the turkey, when the turkey fell mm-hmm. in, and fell on the floor and Jonathan Bennett went, ah! <laughs> I felt so very, very bad for him. Ugh. And then that's when Daisy was like, I can take care of it. I can take care of it. And again, I was just like, I need this woman in my life. Oh, oh my God. God Tara yes. looks so scared for my scream. Oh, <laughs> see if I can get her picture. Everybody's okay. Oh, those are some wide eyes. I know. Oh, what a cutie. And then and then the psychopaths, the 70s family, decide to go carol yeah. at high noon at the neighbor's house. And that's when they de- that's when they meet Daisy in her college era. Yes. They go ring the doorbell and then all like eight of these people stand in the driveway. And then just force this neighbor to come outside in the cold to listen to them sing. <laughs> yeah. And just, God, is that what caroling is? You go ring the doorbell and then go, okay, now listen to my family sing. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wi-. Like, is that caroling? Yes. That's insane. Yes. That's insane. Well, and more civilized people who insist on doing this, just do it as a stroll. So you can, you know, you can go out and listen to them if you want, but you're not held hostage. Right. That that that, that makes more sense to me. That makes so much more sense. Like, I would think that caroling is just sort of like ambling around with your muff around your hands or whatever. No, and that's then- for the kitchen scene. Right. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, no, also, no, I don't think that guy needed a muff for anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It was weird. Like it was just dirty as fuck. Like there's no Okay, anyway. It was. It was it was it was inexplicably weird. Yeah. <sighs> Unquestionably. So we're but not being weird. The, they were is, being weird. We're just pointing it out. And this this show is not my dad wrote a porno, so we can't go further, but Nope. My <laughs> Um, this whole movie takes place in midday, by the way. So again, similarly to Holiday Road, if you told me all these people died, <laughs> I would not uh-huh. be surprised if it was like takes place in the medium place or something. Right. Um, you pointed out that this chef would not be pissed off if they were out of fresh cranberry sauce because it's so easy to make. And no, yes. Yeah, and I agree from And no grocery of- store would be out of cranberries. No. And I don't I've even know made- what they do with the thousands and thousands and thousands of Bags of cranberries they have after Thanksgiving. Uh, freeze them and put them back out for Christmas. But I <laughs> agree. And I've made cranberry sauce a lot. And especially I've used it for making syrups and stuff yeah. for cocktails. And agreed. It's like the easiest thing in the world. Yep. Um, and yeah, this was around when his partner did the Christmas carol cheering thing. And I was like, oh, I will punch you in the nose. And I don't care. <laughs> like the, One time too many. Mm-hmm. And then that was when he Jonathan Bennett was like, "Are we ready? Are we ready for a kid? I mean, we can't even keep a turkey dead." He doesn't say that, but <laughs> it's basically the the meat of what he says. Well, he said we can't keep a turkey safe, right? <laughs> but the, the turkey is, yeah. did remain dead. <laughs> yeah. If anybody is expecting, and it wouldn't be, you know, crazy compared to anything else in this movie, the <laughs> turkey is not in any way resurrected. Yeah, and then we go back to the empty nester people, and then the kids are there, uh, the adult um, <laughs> incest children are there, yeah. and then the children of the porn, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And that's why you do the titles. And I shouldn't have to do the titles. I think that segment should become, and Paige, what would you call it? Uh, but so then he comes into a kitchen where everybody is clearly busy and is like, hey, I, I'm here to ask at the worst possible time if we can do a little thing dad used to like to do, my dead dad, because there's always a dead dad. Or I thought we'd mom. do the game dad like to do, which is where we sing the Doobie Dooba game, where we sing a Christmas song and we get each other to guess. So I'll go first. Doobie Doobie Dooba Doobop. And everyone's like, God, give it a rest. Stop. Can you see we're busy? And it's like, Everything about that was just like, and he just like looks like he's been slapped. And I'm just like, <laughs> first of all, do you really think nobody's going to guess that song? <laughs> exactly. That was real subtle, but I think I've got a clue. But also, that can't, that sounds like the worst game ever. Like, do you think, doobie doo, doobie doo. Like, <laughs> is anybody going to miss one? <laughs> do, doobie, doobie doo, doobie. Mm, I don't know. Happy Christmas War is over. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. That was stupid. But they were they were all put off by that because dad is gone and mom is here with her new fiance and this is going to make her new fiance uncomfortable. Yeah, so these are rude adult children. They are rude, sullen adult children. <laughs> and that's why I like smiling, agreeable, and sure, occasionally silent children. <laughs> Um, so we finally see Jonathan Bennett's restaurant. Unfortunately, it's fucking horrific. <laughs> it's about the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's cool that it's an old gas station, which yeah. there's one of those in L.A. over like off Melrose by Petit Trois and by Austria Mozza. And I can't remember what the place is. Oh, actually, it's an old Starbucks. That one's a Starbucks. But um, we went to one, there in, was Charleston. one in Charleston. Yeah. yeah. And then there was that cool um, family meal. That was in Frederick that used to be a Saturn dealership and did not make I used it. To what be was a, his name? Brian, Brian Voltaggio. Voltaggio, yeah. But that is not family meal anymore, which is such a shame because exactly. that restaurant was so bomb. And yeah. I don't know what it is anymore and who cares. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is it is cool. It's a very, very cool thing to to um, to sometimes, you know, oh, repurpose yeah. a famous building. Actually, even in Leesburg, Virginia, there's a place that still says shoes out front and a neon sign from, I don't know, like the 30s. Mm -hmm. But it is famously a bar now. LA has so many things like that, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's so neat. But, uh, but this and this is like we see the connections at the end of this movie when you were about to pop your fucking clutch. <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, which, you know, no pun intended there. But um, the. Uh, yeah, no, I was, gonna, I was thinking that. Let's just pull jocks on the puns, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but so this is a restaurant that used to be a gas station, which. Ties in, um, but the it, it's just it's so it's so ugly. It's like it's one of those places where they just like it's like a bunch of like rusty signs that are just sort of like put haphazardly all over the wall, and it's just kind of like you know it's it's like it's like live laugh love core, but it's just like you go in and it's just like it's like uh, <laughs> all I can think of is like dirty car puns. <laughs> Really? So I won't say them, but it's like, you know, but they were, it was like car themed and I can't remember what the restaurant was called, but it was just no, like, you know, eat here and gas up and you know, know. Yeah, yeah. eat here and get gas. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but you know Well, it saying, certainly you know, did look, I mean, it implied that for sure. It did not look like a high end place no. it, and it wasn't, it wasn't done in a. I mean, it wasn't for real. For, it's not a real restaurant. So I guess they just thought they would just, you know, 
who cares about the set, you know, and probably nobody but us, but. It just wasn't a sleek, cool place that looked like modern and looked like, you know, they'd have good cocktails and stuff like that. Like it looked like. That would have added a lot of depth if it were clearly. um, Just to clarify, because I don't think that, I don't think we're, we're, uh, I don't think it's a big reveal, but the, the couple, the, the dead uh, father from the nineties, he was the father to be in the seventies and he ran a gas station. So they did some really really ham-fisted references to the gas crisis and Nixon. Oh my um, God, which but, is crazy. But, um, and, and the point was said that how, how he pretty much lost his shirt because he wasn't raising his prices the way all the competitors were because, you know, people couldn't afford gas. It was up to 40 cents a gallon. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was why the gas station was important. But it um, wasn't real important. No. <laughs> and, and if they had maybe set an important scene there and then gone ahead and made it, like, very, very cool, they could have done that. I mean, and they, I, they, they could have, but they like didn't. It seemed like Jonathan Bennett's character had taste. So, and yeah. like, so then to go have it be this place with just, like, horrible signs that they it seemed like they got, you know, like, that just seemed like they came from Amazon you know, like yeah. it just seemed like that. It didn't seem like a chic place that was like a cool twist that seemed modern. It seemed it seemed like it came out in 2006 and it seemed like there would be like a Game of Thrones pun <laughs> sign up there that was just like winter is coming. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it just seemed it was very bad. And it just it was very like beard beard guy who identifies as having a beard and drinking IPA core. It was very bad. So anyway, yeah. Then Lizzie, who's having the baby, goes into labor. Um, and then they show the kid's bedroom that, that Daisy finished and that uh, Jonathan Bennett's partner finished. I really wish I knew his name, but we can't look. Nameless partner, who's great. Um, he's uh, he's a great character. And they finished that bedroom. And I was just thinking, like, if I was a child who'd been in foster care and I came to th- that wonderful couple's home and they had decorated it so warmly with the Christmas decorations and everything, I mean... I just would have felt so loved. And I mean, it was just such a beautiful, they did such a nice job. It just made me feel like that was a heartwarming environment for a little girl. So that I thought that was very sweet. Um, his name was Zion. That's right. Yes. Okay. So Zion is Jonathan Bennett's partner and he was the one who was working on the bedroom with Daisy and he made it such a nice place. And honestly, mm-hmm. like the, the writing in this movie was great. It wasn't the writing. It was just the, it was so impossible to keep track for me because, and maybe it's just, maybe it's the fact that we've seen 30 of these movies. Yeah. In the last three weeks. But this is when it was crazy though, because then the brother, I also just did, I didn't like this character at all. So then the brother, Mm -hmm. he, uh, he, so the brother, the one who, (laughs) with the pepper grinder. Yes. He's suddenly talking to this person named Ivy, and I did not know who this person was. Right. I Who is she? And then she's just like, actually, m- my family once took in a foster child. Yeah. And remember that? And then he's just like, yep. And I, I didn't know where that story came from, who that was, why it was like, and like, uh, then we realized that that person was Zion, who yeah. we knew was a foster child. And that's yeah. cool because like, okay, the, this person, so it is connection and I'm willing to take responsibility for having missed something long ago who Ivy was. Yeah. But for me, I did not know who Ivy the fuck was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, so, okay, who is that? Yeah. 
He seemed like he was pining for her. Yeah. Was my impression. But um, but it did I I think that they did that so that it would that was the connection. I had a slight aha moment there where Ivy, it was established that Zion was um, and who goes by Sam sometimes because because he not? says that it's that it's hard to pronounce, but I don't think Zion is hard to pronounce. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure somebody named Zion would have run into that in elementary school. Um, unfortunately, yes. Um, but he, they, um, he is her manager. Ivy is a singer, and he's her manager. Now we find out oh, later, okay. isn't Ivy the sister? Ivy is Catherine Bell's daughter. Isn't she? I think she is. Ivy is Catherine Bell's daughter in the 99 storyline. The one who gets out of the car with her brother and she's singing. She wants to be a singer. So it turns out that she makes it. That's the person who, that's the one who's basting the turkey who's the singer. That's right. But in 90, in 2023, she is. That's no. That's the person who shows up. The per- person who's basting the turkey is the one who shows up in twenty twenty three. Fuck. That's because they give her some gray hair and then she shows up. And I was saying that it was one thing that was cool about it was that when she shows up, she was a good singer because when she was in nineteen ninety nine, she was singing "Oh Holy Night" and she was singing it well. But mm-hmm. in twenty twenty three, she sang it much better. And I was thinking, you know, I am not the best singer in the world. I'm not a person who pursues singing, uh-huh. but I have a lot of experience and I, whatever, you know, I have your father was a musician. My and your father was a musician. <laughs> my brother's a musician. And I, you know, I, you know, I, was I did choir. choir and I have done some of that and whatever. <laughs> um, and the thing is, it was a good character choice for her to sing that song well enough in the 1999 to, character to part, show promise, to show promise and then and to then be to polished very well and to mm-hmm. sing it and to make the character choice to have it sing it so much more maturely in the, in the, in the later perspective. Yeah. And that was, a, that was a cool choice. So I liked that. Um, yeah, but th- so they try, they like pulled everything in and I don't know, it was just, it was just things were tying together, but I just didn't feel that I got, I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel that I understood why things were tying together. And yeah. I felt that it really suffered from the one choice to conceal from us Yeah, that for that one reveal. Because if they had just let us in on the secret. But the problem was is that by making there be such different people, I spent the entire time doing the labor of like, wait, yeah. spent the entire time doing the labor of like, wait, who is who? Wait, that is that person from that? And who's going to show up in the last round of this movie? Yeah. And then I couldn't figure out who was related to who, who was who, who is who now. And then I was kind of waiting for the payoff of like waiting for everybody in the same room in a way that didn't really happen. So, and who's dead? And why is that guy dead? And why did he have to be dead? And like, what, but, and wait, that cop was there to deliver that child, but we don't actually really get to spend time with that. Oh God, that's right. You totally forgot that. The the baby in the first one was, she went into labor in the 1973 the 1970 in 1973 she went into labor and um was delivered by why was the cop there <laughs> this is so confusing because he was there because uh there was a break in at the gas station right which was not necessary either 
Yeah, no, so he came to the house. Because she went into labor and he was like, well, I got a siren, I can get you there. Oh, right, okay, all right, okay, that's right. So so the cop is there, she goes into labor, and instead of, (laughs) it was crazy, she's like, you better, oh, the mother, her mother says, you better get home quick. And and he says something about taking her to the hospital. We can't get to the hospital, it's too dangerous out there. I'm like, well, pick one or the other. Can he get there or can you... Can you get to the hospital? Yeah. (laughs) But I also felt so like, but that, and so I guess this kind of rolls us into like, how would you fix it? Uh Because the thing is, is that like, I would have made it so much clearer who was who. And I would have made it really distinctly. Like I would have made these people much more related to each other Mm -hmm. and, or made them like, made it a clearer pivot because like, okay, so she's giving birth to this person. So, okay. So the baby she gives birth to, I want the next storyline I'm paying attention to to be the story that I'm paying attention to. So the 1999 story needed to be that person's story. Yeah. So it didn't need to be a person who doesn't look like her, who is supposed right. to be her, but not really. The The person who was pregnant in 1973 needed to not be part of that story. If you were going to make her not the same actress. Well, if you, if you wanted yes, to do the reveal, leave her out of it. And mm-hmm. then have her show up later. Mm-hmm. That's how you get around that. You yeah. leave her out of it and then you have her show up and then you have her be like, I came back from floor or whatever, you know, you have her show up later, you know, just have her be the busy executive coming home, you know, like she doesn't usually come home for the holidays and, it, you know, it starts with her in the big city and she's coming home with her new boyfriend or whatever, or coming home with her brother that she doesn't have a sexual affair with. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And it starts there and she's, you know, she's like talking to her mom or whatever. And she's on the phone with her, but we don't see her mom. And, you know, when she finally pulls up, it's in front of number seven. And then we finally do the reveal. Yeah. And that then we, but we we're in that story from the perspective of the baby, because that's the mm-hmm. connection is the mm-hmm. baby. And we need to be spending that, that time with her and her mom needs to be offering around with her boyfriend, be like the, not like a, a secondary character, because it doesn't make any sense to me. To have two perspectives, if you're having one, two, three perspectives, 1973, 1999, 2023, you've got a a lead of each perspective there. Why would you have the lead of three perspectives be two of them be the same character played by two different actresses in two different points in her life? That doesn't make any perspective. That doesn't make any sense to me. So you make that 26 years apart, by the way. I don't look substantially different than I did 26 years ago. Not so much that you would wonder no, if I was the same person. I don't. I don't look substantially different than I did 26 <laughs> years ago. And I was eight. So it doesn't make any, or seven or whatever. But it doesn't make any difference. It's like she needs to be the pregnant mom. And then it needs to be the baby that she had. Otherwise, the pregnancy and it leading to her, like the labor and then, you know, like her pregnancy and then the labor and then the giving birth is not the climax of her perspective there. It, yes. it needs to be that for the for the impact of it being the baby. Oh my God, the person in the second story is that, and then that that person's thing needs to that lead needs to lead to what that st- person's story should have been about was about the Christmas <clears throat> they brought in the foster child, mm-hmm. and then that person needs to be mm-hmm. Zion. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what that story needed to be, mm-hmm. and then that needs to be about the Christmas that they brought in Zion, and we need to be like, and then it should have been rolling realizations throughout the story about like, oh my God, and that's Zion, and then the Zion is the, and then they're they're adopting in Tina, and it needs to be kind of the story should have been rolling into like, oh my gosh, like, and then all these people like they keep bringing in new people, and they keep 
The children like, that are nur- nurtured in that home, I think, is what you're getting at. Exactly. Because and that, and that would have made sense. a lot more sense. Because, um, I mean, I I think <clears throat> there is also something to be said, something very, very poignant to be said for um, the the mother moving on um, too. You know, that could have been if it had been played just by the same actress mm-hmm. as they did with Daisy, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. like I love Catherine Bell and James Denton. I think they were wasted in this movie. And they but, only needed to do it with one actress. So it would have been easy to re- to hide it if they wanted to keep that reveal. Yeah. But um, my father died when I was 17. And so I obviously had many memories of Christmas um, mornings there um, at, at that house that my sister is now in. So kind of, you know, can, can kind of relate to keeping the, the house and the family and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, so if you go with that, if you go with like, t- so 23 years after um, my mom was pregnant with me in that house, I actually, 23 years later, I was there that Christmas with you. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and mommy, my mommy mm-hmm. had, was dating somebody else by then, um, six years after my father died. So that actually could have been done that, but I think it might've been, uh, pretty sad. I mean, that's really hard to, it's hard to jolly that kind of melancholy along, especially when you're doing it with Christmas. Christmas mm-hmm. is such a melancholy time of year. So it would have been more hopeful to have, you know, have the, yeah, the child was born and, and, and now lives in that house because ugh, the parent, the parents happily moved to a more temperate climate, mm-hmm. you know, he, he retired early and they've moved and I, I just couldn't give up the house and that would have worked, you know? Yeah. So, so what you're saying, the, the, the plot that was my favorite about adopting or fostering, let's there is a distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, fostering Tina, we do assume that they they adopted her and they all lived happily ever after, mm-hmm. or they will. I guess it was twenty twenty three. Yeah, um, it was you know I, I, I that that needed to make more sense. That was too tangential. Mm-hmm. It, it, it even if it had only been who they bought the house from, mm-hmm. not that he had been fostered there or whatever, or just uh, not coincidence. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you could certainly become friends with somebody that you buy a house from. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I mean, Jonathan Bennett, I mean, Jonathan Bennett and- Oh, I enjoy him so much. Zion. I mean, those guys were so good. I loved Daisy. I really liked a lot of people in this movie a lot. I liked Daisy a lot too. Yeah. They were just great. And yeah, I mean, I laughed aloud several times. It was There was some funny stuff in it. Um. I mean, for those, I would think that we maybe should uh, incorporate- should people watch it? And also, I wanted to incorporate, and I forgot to, Richie's thing, which I want to do earlier in the episodes, but I just remembered, so we're going to do it now. What was your uh-huh. favorite thing about this movie? What was my favorite thing about this movie? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because my favorite thing was doing eras. I would have loved to spend a little bit more obvious time in the 70s. And I don't mean by talking about Nixon. <laughs> and I don't mean in a house full of boxes. I mean, I, I watched this, um, the Jessica Beale Candy, mm-hmm. tr- true crime, you know, yeah, sort yeah. of documentary, whatever, drama. Yeah, yeah. Which was so full of 70s touches that, I mean, I was, I was, uh, I was texting our friend Martina, 
mm-hmm. um, who I grew up with, saying, look at this. Do you remember this Tupperware juice container? Oh, my God. I'm looking on eBay. They have them. You know, like they had it right. And I really enjoyed it. It was a gruesome. I didn't enjoy it. It was true crime. So it was necessarily gruesome, I guess. Yeah. But I can't say I loved being there, except I did because of the 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 touchstones. And I think I wonder for you, 99 was probably probably stands out in your memory a little bit more than it does in mine just because of childhood cementing things the way that mm-hmm. that they did. Did did the 90s ring as 90s to you or did This no. Yeah. Not at all. But it could have, right? I mean, I mean, could have. I mean were- Pen 15 captures what it okay. was like to be a millennial in middle school perfection. Okay. So I mean, it, people who but that's a, that's something that we're like the 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 people working on set design is their entire thing is like trying to nail set design. And they're like, we got to find the mirror with the plastic daisy thing around it for the locker mirror for the like for the yeah. lockers. Yeah, we got to get the little purple dolphin keychain for their Jansport backpack. Like their whole thing is trying to nail those. That's things. awesome. So, like, of course, they're getting it right. I think the set designers are generally the unsung heroes of the very best of these movies. They are for me. If it's a place that I'm just dying to go, then it's, you know, then I, the movie works for me. And that's happened many, many times. So yeah. I do I do think there, I just think, yeah, ultimately what I liked best about this, I also hated the most about it. What about you? I liked the moment with the room when Zion, when they had like the mm-hmm. Christmas tree, like when they, we saw the room that they prepared for Tina. Oh, I wanted to be adopted by that. I just, yeah, I just, I, I just, the, that moment just, it just felt very heartwarming and authentic. And it made me think about what Hallmark movies I feel like are supposed to make you feel, which uh-huh. is just heart, heartwarmed is just really the word, which is just like, wow, like, yeah, touched and feel like, there's love there in that yeah. space for like this couple who want to bring another person into like, I'm not say that as a person who is not super maternal or interested in <laughs> that myself. It like, it still made me feel like I get it. And yeah. like the, you know, and made me feel like more from the perspective of having been a little girl, feel like what it would have been like to arrive there mm-hmm. and having been um, rudderless and without a home and mm-hmm. what it would have feel- felt like to get there and feel found. Yes. Oh. And so I felt that was very touching. And uh, you know, besides that it was just the reaction shots from Jonathan Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were just hilarious. So, mm. yeah. Um I guess that uh that's about it and would I tell people to watch this? I think I think it's okay. I think it's worth it's like it's worth watching if you feel like it. If it's if you're if you listen to this and you're intrigued, then watch it. And then tell me like that- what exactly happened because yes. yeah i would tell people to watch it so they could explain it to me yes and if you listened to this and you feel drained then don't watch it <laughs> speaking of feeling drained yeah that brings us to the internet uh, our instagram <laughs> is nameless best friends uh in the next couple of weeks we're going to be doing a couple more patreons and like i said we're going to be doing for christmas we're going to be doing some more christmas movies that aren't hallmark and uh, we're going to be doing a surprise one for christmas and uh yeah we're going to be doing some fun stuff so keep track of us and we're going to be doing some fun things so that's it that's it we got to hurry and go because we got to go get our Christmas our Christmas card uh, taken. So yes. if you want one of those sent to us, sent to, sent to us, <laughs> <laughs> if you want one of those sent to you, then go on our Instagram and buy one. <laughs> we'll personalize right. it. Yeah, we'll send you a little note. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Say hi to everybody.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.